Dark wings. Dark words. A Game of Thrones podcast. Season 6, episode 4. Book of the Stranger. Book of the Stranger, danger. Watch out, kids. Uh, welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Chuck Davis, and with me this week are... Mike Harger. Christopher Van Voorhees. Greg McCalley. Gentlemen. Good, pretty good episode. Okay, can we talk now? All yeah. right, we've been holding it. <laughs> holding it in. Holding it in since the end of the episode. Chris wisely yeah. wrote, wrote down what the scenes were. For the first time it ever occurred to anyone to keep track of it, something by writing it down. Why are we here again? Oh, yeah, <laughs> we're podcasting about Game of Thrones. Oh, I thought we were podcasting. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> All right. You want to do this shit by the numbers? Yeah, let's... let's How about that? By the numbers. We've got notes. Well, we can wing it and then go back and see if we've forgotten anything. We could do that, too. We'll probably have some tangents. Yeah. <laughs> let's Let's try to do it. In order, and see how that goes. Right on. So the first scene was John the re- the reunion of uh, John and Sansa. I was uh, not reunion. Well, I no. mean, well, yeah, <laughs> but they like they said the reunification. Time, the first John time they've ever <laughs> the first time they've ever been on screen together. First scene. Together. Is that true? So yeah. they weren't in, in any scenes in season one. Well, I'm sure they they must have been like they in were the courtyard of yeah. Ah, no, 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 because ah, he's a bastard, so oh, they didn't have to ah, line up to meet the king. Ah, I'm gonna remove ah, the dire wolf. Ah, ah, Keep going. Ah, <laughs> Maya, to me. <laughs> <laughs> she did it. It's uh, yeah. <clears throat> we'll wait till Craig comes back. There. Sorry. So before we were so rudely interrupted. <laughs> yeah, so Sansa and Brienne roll up to the wall. And Pod. Brienne Pod. Pod. Sorry, I'm going to Pod out. And, uh, and Pod, Pod and Jon Snow have never been on screen together before. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> so did you hear that somewhere, that they've never been? They said it in the inside the episode. Oh, after. right. Yeah. right. So. so it was a great scene, though. Yeah, it was touching. Took Jon Snow about ten minutes to climb down those stairs. And yeah. Kind of hug his sister. It's like, do I want to hug this bitch? She was really mean to me. Right. Apparently, exactly. yeah. They didn't get along. Yeah. He never harbored such no. ill will towards his siblings, I don't think. No. He just felt she, she, she kind of left out. She was petulant toward him, though, yeah. I think. Right? I mean, yeah, Arya. At least, yeah. the least relationship with Sansa of any of his siblings. Because Arya was, like, all about how Snow. Good pals. But, uh, yeah. Sansa kind of gives him a, an apology, and he's like, well, cool. He's like, cool. he's like, that was like six seasons ago. Yeah. No big deal. I thought they could have milked some more waterworks out of that reunion. Yeah. They, they sort of cut to the awkward silence of after the hug. I sort of thought they could have both expressed a little more of the pent-up 
misery. Right. Well, that's nothing compared to the awkward silence while they're eating the boiled ham hocks or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But see, we're, we're, we're having a tangent. Right? See? How's your ham hock? <laughs> Good. <laughs> there are more important things. <laughs> Can, off the bone. can we say? Can we say <laughs> that? Do you agree that John Snow is diminished? Would you say now he's still having some post death like? Uh, or should, should we take him? What he says for face value? Just I don't. Yeah, really, I don't want to hear of the afterlife. He's yeah. kind of a weenie now. He doesn't want to do anything. Something like that. He just wants to run away. He had yeah. He had a hard time getting over being murdered by his bros. Yeah, because he felt. I mean, when you feel he did everything he could do, and he still got. Yeah, it was really just Allie, though, those other guys. I don't give a shit about Alice or Thorne. To hear the bros tell it, they kind of have a decent argument, though, some of the time. You know, his transgressions and betrayal and that sort of thing. But the bros focus on the wildlings. They they just have a hard time getting over that. Even in, even after Hard Home and, and right. uh, you know... Well, none of them really... Well, there were some... Some members of the Night's Watch there to witness that, right? But it was um, what was what was the the big um, stand that they took against the White Walkers before the Night's Watch all fled back to the Wall. I mean, they all that that's when oh, the that Crasser's the he, first men. No, just in, in the, the fist of the first in the field. Yeah, that that's the moment that uh, Dollar's Head should have cited as as. I mean, all of the Night's Watch should have gotten behind the idea of. Let's just fight the dead. And yeah. not, not I mean, worry yeah, so I mean, true. Yeah. true. It's kind of mentioned. It's like if if the well, I I forget what it, but they say. Yeah, it's basically you're going to be fighting these guys anyway because and they're going to be on the undead side. So they, they've been ranging against the wildlings for like generations, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But so. the but now the wildlings can either be on their side or they'll have to fight against a bunch of dead wildlings who are you know. Probably more powerful and not all right. Weaklings and stuff. I mean, if the more wildlings that die north of the wall, just means more walkers that you have to yeah. fight afterwards. Uh, I mean, it's not a hard, it, you know, argument to understand. But did Sir Alistair stay behind at Castle Black and not go on the ranging? I was just going to ask that. Did that dude like never leave the wall? Maybe he never. Really I don't think he did. Saw that in. Per, first hand, and, yeah. and and he had his residual grudge against Jon Snow. Just he didn't like he just didn't like him having been you know a lordling of sorts. So yeah, well, Sir, Sir, Sir Alistair had a hard on for Jon Snow from the get go. Hated Jon Snow and hated the wildlings because he didn't get out in the field and have any bonding moments like the rest of the Watch. Yeah. Which I don't might know. as well have hid underground, like what's his name of the city watch? Yeah, like, uh, Janus Slint. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Slint. He was dead though, right? Did he die? Did we kill him yet? He's dead. He's been. Dead. He was hung, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he begged mercy and forgiveness. That was maybe the first person that Lord Commander Snow had the opportunity to execute. Which, uh, or, uh, yeah, I right. think they chopped his head off, right? right. I don't think they hung him. That's right, yeah, in, in the fashion of Ned Stark's example to his sons, how uh, to reinforce the authority in the North. Took it to heart. Yeah. Now he's killing them four at a time. <laughs> yeah. Line them up. Even the kids. Even, oh, Ollie deserved it. No, no sympathy for Ollie here. Oh, come on. No. 
Porque Damn, that's, that's one scene. We went on one scene for <laughs> we're at eleven, 11 minutes. minutes. Kind of well, you guys kept having to take take breaks. That's <laughs> true. One scene with two intermissions. So yeah, the, I I was I was getting choked up anticipating really a tearful reunion there, and and I thought they undercut it too much, but. Well, yeah, but, but, but I, I, I don't know if I would have believed it if it was too tearful because the two characters didn't have a strong bond earlier. I mean, they're wanted, happy to see each other now because their family they have you know, similar interests. But Chuck wanted slow motion and them running across the courtyard, <laughs> right. hair hair blowing in the wind, cherry, flowers, cherry the fire. I just wanted some blubbering. I wanted I wanted them to break down and just. Not, not you know, be brave in the face of adversity. Yeah, I don't think so because Sansa's. She's not she's so badass now. She's, she's not hard a ringer. Hey, I guess I didn't. Ex- I wanted her to just show her vulnerability, but instead she showed her strength. So good for her. Good for Sansa. What do we think? Well, then we have Melisandre and Davos kind of have a little As aside, right? Just a quick. Was that next time it was? It was. It was. I was couldn't decide if that's just the end of the. The initial scene on the wall, or a new scene of, in of itself. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Davos, the Red Woman, and Brienne yeah. had their little talk in the alley, and I think this is this is now that now I'm accepting that Stannis is dead. I believe last week or the week before, I was yes saying no, no body, no death. Yeah. We don't know he's dead yet. Yeah, Brienne and now he's dead. He's made Brienne. it pretty clear. Yeah, and she. We didn't waste an opportunity to brag about it. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Stick the knife in. Well, I, especially, I mean, Oath Keeper, man. Melisandre's lucky she that she didn't. Kill him. She didn't. She killed him. She she innately knew that Melisandre was the source of the blood magic. Mm-hmm. I guess that. Yeah, didn't I mean that makes sense because she's been Stannis's. I feel and like that's probably common knowledge. That yes, for sure. Everyone knew that Stan. She's got a re- he's got a red priestess, and he's in league. Yeah. Not anymore. I mean, there's nothing left of Stannis and his forces crew. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Sir Davos and Melisandre are kind of it now, right? Yeah, and she professed her new loyalty to Jon Snow. To Davos, not to John. Yeah. Did did someone did Davos really not know what happened to Shireen? No, he knew what happened to Shireen. Was he being rhetorical? He still doesn't know. I don't think he doesn't. Mm. Wasn't he there? No, no, he, was, he left before, but he knew what they were going to do when he left. Okay. That's right. He left because he knew what they were going to do to her. Right. He, well, yeah. the king knew. Yeah, that he'd probably flip out and send him back to the wall with a message. So he, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't leave out of disgust, or he just he left because no, Stannis, Stannis sent him away. Stannis sent him on a errand. So, so speaking of diminished people, Melisandre still doesn't seem like she's fully. I mean, she's kind of shrugged, like, "Well, you know, it wasn't Stannis; it was John." But she's still dejected about it and not fully clipped over. Yeah, she didn't appreciate. Like, what did Davos say? I thought uh, Stannis was the prince's promise, and she just sullenly walks away. Right. Right. So. There was, and I read articles about, especially about the final scene of, I don't know, was it a couple weeks ago when when it showed her take her necklace off and, and become old. Mm-hmm. And one of the things was, one, one of the takes on it was that it showed that she really is super powerful as opposed to just being ancient. Um, but, so as the, the audience is sort of, gets the reveal of, okay, she does have some kind of supernatural power, but to the characters in the story, she's 
are diminished. Right? She's fallible. Now, she was, she's been wrong all this time. She was time. a bit of a charlatan even in the book, wasn't she? I don't think she ever shows any supernatural abilities in the book that I remember. Well, except for right at the outset when uh, the maester at Dragonstone tries to poison her. And she oh, yeah. she doubles down. She's well, like, "Oh, do you want me to drink this?" Oh, right. no. Shadow Shadow Baby. I mean, I'll drink it and Shadow Baby. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> Felt fairly compelling. That's good. I and forgot Kate, about the Katie Bishop is probably having a sigh of relief now because she's just yelling, <laughs> or will be in the future when she listens to this podcast. She, <laughs> she won't listen to it. Every time, every week I see her, I have to sit through a fact checking. <laughs> okay, maybe she will. Ran <laughs> from her. She needs a Collins segment, in other words. This is my official pitch for the <laughs> Collins segment. Exactly. We can maybe arrange something. Katie, when you hear this, go back in time this Sunday night. Give us a call. call. Or just remember, next week after you watch the show, give us a call. <laughs> and if you don't call, we'll know that you didn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> in which case, we don't care about you. Ooh. <laughs> What's the next scene? All right, so speaking of the wall, people, Tyrion. What is that the Ooh. next one? No, he's not the no. next one. The no. Next uh, is that the veil where we see. <laughs> speaking of diminished people, he's not diminished. He just never wore the shit in the first place. What'd you call him? The roomy fucker, roomy bastard. He's not a bastard, roomy fucker. Yeah, so Baelus shows up. Robin Aaron is training or whatever with Royce Nestor. We get a like, demonstration that Baelish is the man with the power. Robin's really sprouted up and yeah. a lot. Yeah, he is. I was hoping we'd never have to see him again, actually. Surprisingly, once he got off that breast milk, he started really growing. It was yeah. a pretty good shot, though, of him aiming the arrow, and he's obviously just a complete... <laughs> whatever, I don't even know what to call him. Ruby fucker, I guess. <laughs> but it's pretty good. That's a pretty good character, though. It's kind of funny. Perfect for Baelish to manipulate and yeah. therefore have have the power. Right, and that that was a good, very encapsulated demonstration of the balance of power at the Vale. Basically, right. you know, Robin runs to hug Uncle Peter, uh-huh. Uncle and Peter. He, he gives him a bird. He loves it, yes. and then at the slightest mention of oh, there's is some someone we can throw through the moon door. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> And but then he immediately defers to Uncle Pete. Uncle Pete's like, uh, he's still good for something. Let's keep him around. Give him but one he more was chance. he was real he was real dejected. Like, fine, <laughs> right, right. And and yet another demonstration of the the power of the family or the, the institutionalized nature of the family's power. And the the lords can be completely freaking batshit crazy, and they still won't cross them. Right? I mean. All Baelish has to do is manipulate this crazy old kid into saying, oh, let's go help Sansa, and they're all going to go to war, right? Yeah. No matter what Lord Royce yeah. Nestor... Yeah, Baelish doesn't want the responsibility that comes with being a true ruler. He wants to just yeah. pawn people around <clears throat> ad hoc. He wants... Yeah, you have the power and then... But you're not the face, so but yeah, he's not everybody else can take the blame. The crazy like, kid with yeah. the family name is, which, you know, again, like just like... Uh, the uh, Lannister kids, yeah. or at least what's his name, Evil Dude, Joffrey, Joffrey, Joff, and off the Mad King before that as well. But uh, yeah, so 
Peter Baelish wastes no time to swoop in and just say, oh, you know, you could be a good general. Boy, somebody should really go save Sansa. What do you say? <laughs> okay, good As idea. She is my cousin. Got a mission for you. And then he's just like, all right, rally the troops. We're, it's, it's high time the veil enters the fray. Chris, you were cheering at that moment. Yes. A moment that still hasn't happened in the books. We need, probably we need armies well. to take back the north, don't we? <coughs> Somebody's got to get up there. Is Littlefinger going to swoop in and be the uh, that's what I'm thinking. The the extra numbers that they need for the uh, somehow a hundred thousand wildlings was reduced to two thousand. <laughs> fighting force of two thousand. I mean, how many how many were supposed to stay north of the wall? Did did uh, I mean Stannis? I lost track. When he marched through, he might have really decimated their numbers. Well, I mean, he he more driven than, off a lot of them, yeah. probably. I, yeah, I mean, some of them scattered up, and they're probably <coughs> just all. And it was how many thousand? It wasn't, it wasn't like a hundred. It wasn't like a hundred thousand. How are they going to pay? How are they going to pay back their wild ones? <laughs> how are they going to pay back their iron bank debt? Ever? <laughs> Stannis doesn't have to pay. He's defaulted on his loan. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares about Mycroft anymore. He's just over there with his in his bank. Mycroft. <laughs> well, that's a that's an actor. It is Mycroft yeah, yeah, from Sherlock. Yeah. You're right. I didn't. Realized that before. I feel like we might see him again. He'll pop out from behind a column. Ooh. <laughs> Where's my money, bitch? <laughs> who who even owes it to them at this point? I, I mean, they they rented all those troops, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the financing from the Iron Bank. Yeah. <laughs> After Davos's awesome speech, yeah, that, yeah. that's what. Who else met with Mycroft besides Davos? Someone, uh, someone from King's Landing did as well, yeah. I believe. Oh, in a separate. Did they? Well, the uh, the oh. flower guy, the Lord of the Flower People. That's right. Yeah, yeah he, he was, they, they sent him over to yeah Bravos. To, he was the Lord of Coin that replaced. Right, he was singing in the plaza over there. Right, sort of embarrassing for his kind. They they really diminished that character from the books. Speaking of diminished characters, the Lord of High <laughs> High Garden. Yeah, he is kind of a dunce, just a... He's almost physical comedy. Yeah. Comic relief right. in the show. I mean, Lady Olena is is powerful and influential, but she still operates in the shadow of her son. The right. Lord, the Lord of... Uh, the Lord Tyrell. Right. You know, who, who is kind of blustering and maybe short-sighted, but not buffoonish. But anyway, I mean, that just... They gave... that they, Again, a lot of the families, the, whenever the... The matriarch, or whenever the, not the matriarch, but whenever the female member of the family has the, sort of the, the aptitude for the Game of Thrones, then she has the power, but she has to manipulate the male in the family, you know, to behave as she wants. Mm-hmm. So we saw it with, I don't want to jump ahead, but Marjorie, Marjorie yeah. and uh, Loras, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they've both been in prison, but Loras, the, the, the knight of the family is in a puddle on the floor. <laughs> they she's really, still trying to gain the high sparrow to get him out of there. Yeah. He's just ready to give up. Did he, did he want she her to just, kill him? She wanted her to do whatever the he wanted high sparrow. Him. She just, he just, yeah. She, she wanted her to roll over and give the high sparrow what they wanted so that they would let them both go. She basically, he, he was, he was broken. And, uh, that was disappointing. Because Loras is proud and strong in the books, to a point. 
Uh, it's hard to imagine that he would have broken that easily. I mean, he was he professed and, and proven to be one of the most evil knights in the land. He won the tourney of the hand. Right. For fuck's sake. <laughs> well, he could take it, you know, from that <coughs> academic perspective, but I mean, who knows how they've been sweating him down. You know, he was he yeah, was beaten at least. <laughs> yeah, another diminished character. They've all been taken down. But if they makes. if they're playing mind games with him the way that you know they have been with other people, who knows how intellectually strong he's supposed to be? Maybe he's just a warrior. He is just a warrior, I, and maybe he would break into those conditions. But I think uh, you know it's the still scene, disappointing. You're the right. scene was engineered to double down on Marjorie has to save herself, kind of a thing. And, uh, you know, save her family as well. So she's a tough cookie, that Marjorie. But, I mean, Loris could also have just as easily given in. I mean, he knows information. He probably... That, uh, it's safe to say he probably already gave them everything. You think so? But, it wasn't, but what does he have to give apart from, sorry, I'm gay. Right. Uh, I didn't realize that was such an issue. Yeah. Uh, and... You got, you know, you religious types are so proud, and otherwise you have a good argument against, you know, tyranny and and the unfairness of the one percent. But uh, but no facts. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Sorry, got to draw the line somewhere. Not cool. <clears throat> All right, sorry about that. So we skipped ahead a couple of scenes to Marjorie in prison. Okay, let's back up then. So we'll go back after the. After the scene in the veil, we went to Marine and the Compromise. Right. The slavery issue. Discuss. Important important scene. Seven years to save their own butts, basically. So they're trying to cut off Not the supply mobile. the money supply to uh oh, yes. from uh to the Sons of the Harpy. Right. Man. Yeah. I like how Tyrion the guy's like, no, we don't fund them, and he's like, well, just stop it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. We know you're not going to admit it, dude. Just. It was, uh, that was all well done. Uh, you know, Tyrion demonstrating some of his statecraft and kind of shrewdness, except for the, you know, bringing the, the three prostitutes moment. Yeah. It's like, about that. these guys own you know, all the slave girls they want, they're not going to be impressed if you yeah. just send some random girl in. Well, that's, that's politics, though, right? I mean, he's got to... Maybe he's demonstrating gotta, that they still sort of... Um, are okay with slavery? Like basically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. That they're not so different after all, kind of. I, I really liked Grey Worm and Miss Sanday's disgust. They, I think they portrayed it well. They got the point across, especially Grey Worm, like... Mm-hmm. With this speech, they're using you. Very <coughs> cautionary tale. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Tyrion, Tyrion trusted them both to have learned a lesson from the previous meeting, even though they didn't agree with what he said or did. And they both did. Yes, although they did do a good job of emoting their disgust with Tenuous, having yeah. to compromise. Barris didn't really have anything to add, did he? Kind of like Tyrion. Did he have a line this episode? <laughs> He's just there to be insulted. Yeah. <laughs> right. I like the way they staged the scene of uh, Misende challenging Tyrion on the stairs. Yeah. With, with her, her backside prominently oh. displayed. <laughs> That's not what I thought you were going to say. The, cam- the camera was <laughs> yeah. catching her in her, her fetching 
there's not enough burlap to make her butt look bad out there. <laughs> <laughs> just, nope. Now she had a stylish outfit on with her kind of yeah. tough studded bra and telling me and skirt ensemble. She's looking good. Maybe we're missing the point. Let's go on. <laughs> well, that was that was basically that scene, and then we got the. Uh, the Danny Bros in the desert. Oh yeah, Jorah and Dario and Base Dothrak finding Danny. Although I can't remember what happens in that initial scene. They don't. Well, they're just kind of climbing on the mountain. They scouted out loud. Um, Dario gives Jorah a hard time about being too old to handle her in the sack. Yeah. <laughs> which was kind of great. That was a very Dario thing to say. But then Dario finds out that. Uh, Jorah has grayscale. Oh yeah, those don't touch, don't touch my favorite dagger with that shit. Yeah, and it's pretty uh, spread quite a bit. Seems like, like it seems like it's pretty bad, right? So Jorah's done for soon. I don't know how soon. I hope he could probably stick it out for another season or two. He can yeah, live out his life as a stone man. Hasn't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> can a stone man take the black? No. <laughs> Maybe. I've just trying never to think, been attempted. I'm just trying to think of his <laughs> options. <laughs> well, they could kind of go crazy, so that might mm. be an issue. Mm-hmm. They'd just be like a berserker, just killing, killing so everything. Was, was that all that happened there? They find. They discuss Danny. their plan to sneak. So, so they look. They, they sneak in. No weapons. When they're peeking over, and we see the the oh. matte painting shot. It looks to me like there's city surrounding the uh, temple of the Dashkalian in the center, mm-hmm. and there's a huge swath of unoccupied territory. In so the middle. I was thinking, yeah. oh, it's convenient that there's a whole zone of emptiness for them to sneak up to that center building to get to <laughs> it. <laughs> but then it shows them, like, going down alley, back alleys and stuff, sneaking their way through. It's the fire break. That place did not seem like a city of... Hundred thousand. Well, it didn't seem like a Dothraki location at all. It was a little too old world buildings and alleys like and stuff. Non nomadic. Yeah. Right. It should have just been more tent. like the Golden Temple of Rohan than uh, should have been a, a tent city. Yeah. Yeah. Should have been a tent city. But <clears throat> but what else? Well, what we else? did we did have the scene as they're sneaking in and Jorah. Pretty much demonstrates his enfeeblement with no sword. Just gets his butt kicked by that. Yeah. Of course, he did take the big Dothraki one. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was clearly a tough fight. I mean, and they'd been running, and he was winded. <laughs> there was a terrible pregnant pause after they said, "Oh, we're gonna go tell, tell the others," and then like Dario ran right past the one guy. And Joro was making his moves, and the guy was just standing there. I'm like, no, come on. That guy would have, that guy would have been like, right, like that, right, you know? Yeah. But just whatever, editing. <laughs> kind of made me mad. All right, and then after that scene, we got to Marjorie in prison in uh, the High Sparrow. I have my note here is Big Bird on a Bender. <laughs> the High yeah. Sparrow tells the story about the his back when he. His new party light. Yeah. Yeah. He broke <laughs> through a party and was grossed out at the aftermath and just walked away from his fortune and his life and dedicated himself to 
squalor and helping people. So was that really his story, or was that something about the Book of the Stranger? Right. She title of the episode Book of the Stranger. He was telling he was, story. He was a cobbler. He the stranger, wasn't he? She she interrupted him with the story. Yeah, he he was I think he was gonna originally starting to tell the story that story, but he said, Well actually this is my real story and I was a cobbler, you see. Cobbler to the stars. Oh. He, was like, <laughs> he was like the Vera Wing. The Vera Wing of his day. <laughs> is she a cobbler? She's a well, her brand of shoes are sought after by no. rich people. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know she had shoes. Yeah, I think. Fuck, someone, you know, Katie? Yeah. Someone she, correct me. Yeah. Who knows? I, I think she's more of a dress designer. Yeah, I think she's both. Maybe. Well, fight, 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 fight. All right, so then after the prison, we go back to King's Landing, and uh, Cersei and Tommen have their little chat. Well, yeah, he's talking with the Pycelle. Real quick, take, he does the Pycelle shuffle out of the room. <laughs> like, I don't mean to cause no trouble. I'm just here to do the Pycelle shuffle. Clang, 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 clang. Just like clanging chains. He's moved two inches in the ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so we well, so we get the uh, yeah. So Tommen eventually gives in that you know I've been having conversations with the High Sparrow. That's right. I'm yeah. not supposed to tell anybody, Mom, but you can trust me, baby. I mean, Mom, you can trust me, and they immediately spring with the information. Yeah, and they they have a little cut there. They don't say what Tommen what yeah. tells her. She just right. comes out of that room with a purpose. And so then her and uh, Jamie hit the small council again, and this time they actually make some headway with the uh, with Lady Olena and uh, Sir uh, Kevin Allister. No, not Allister. Lannister. Lannister. <laughs> Sir Kevin Lannister. Right. So this is the first time for me that Cersei is starting to seem well. Not Cersei, but both of them. They're they're starting to. Make a plan. But their whole plan is just capable. convincing Lady Olena to march the Tyrell army into the city to rescue Marjorie from the High Sparrow. It's like, <clears throat> couldn't she, she doesn't need Cersei to convince her to do that. It seems to me that she, that's what she would have wanted to do from the get-go. Right, so what the heck? Well, maybe, maybe who, who knows, who knows. Well, the, the convincing thing that Cersei said was, you know, the High Sparrow seized power... Uh, you know, based on the premise that we would just fight amongst ourselves, which is exactly what they want. Right. So that was, I think, maybe eye-opening to... It, it was an aside to the audience, too. It was to help us, you know. She was right. talking to us. But, I mean, I think that sort of helped Lady Olenna see past her own prejudice, you know, after she got her digs in <laughs> about uh, how Cersei was diminished and humiliated. And I guess in light of the news that Marjorie was about to undergo the same humiliation, she's like, all right, this right. can't happen. Yeah. She had no choice, ego-wise and family-wise. Right. But uh, let's just think big picture-wise in terms of what's the right thing to have happen. I mean, the Lannisters certainly deserve to come up and, and uh, the High Sparrows, you know, and, and the, what's the their movement called? It's just sort of the the... 
the well, the faith militants, right. and just the sparrows in general, just the whole disenfranchised, you know, sick of all the war and all, all the crap that they put up with. Occupy uh, during the you know they're the Occupy movement of well, <laughs> kind of they are a little bit. So I mean, they're somewhat justified. They have a righteousness about them. And, uh, so is it, do we root for the wealthy houses to go back and seize power? Hell yeah. Yeah. I don't know damn sparrows running the, I mean, the way, the way this whole thing has been framed, to me, you, you don't have any choice but to root for that side, which, if you would have said we would ever be rooting for that side in seasons one and maybe two, we would have thought you were crazy. But, you know, we don't want the fucking, Faith Millicent running the show, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, doesn't seriously? She's like, what does he want to replace us with? Like nothing. Like what's he just like the high sparrow? Basically, just wants every everyone to be poor and like yeah. Like, See now it sounds poor and now they sound noble. So fuck. <laughs> nah, maybe it's just the natural atheist in me, but I've been rooting against the sparrows since the beginning. <laughs> I don't think we want to. But they serve their purpose. Theocracy taken over in King's Landing. Cersei deserved to be punished. Yeah, she had that true. shit coming. But Marjorie didn't. And Laura no. certainly didn't. No. Right. No. So that yeah they uh, and, and I'm not sure Cersei really learned her lesson. <laughs> well, she, she's just she's just fucking mad now. I mean, she's furious. Right. Yeah, she's so mad now that she doesn't emote. The anger. She's just simmering. Yeah, she seethes. She seethes. Seether. Well, her, yeah, all of her, her anger is focused on a new target than Tyrion, who everyone loves Tyrion, so, you know, all of her anger against him was always misplaced to begin with. Uh, her anger, you know, maybe was towards her father as well, but, uh, yeah, but Tyrion took the brunt of it ultimately, and well, it's just good that he's not around anymore. Are we going to see much from... I mean, I feel like Jamie this season has been kind of... He's just... He doesn't have much to do. Cersei's, like, supporter. Yeah. Uh, which is not... Which we... I mean, we aspire to more for Jamie. Yes. He's taking a big step back this, yeah. this season. In the books, even, he... When sent, like, the missive from Cersei saying, they're going to put me on trial... Please come back and be my champion. And he's off in the Riverlands trying to set things right when he sees, like, the devastation that's been caused by his father's armies. He's trying to, you know, spread a little justice in the Riverlands. You know, to prove right. that, to prove that Lannister rule doesn't mean, you know, everything goes to shit. And I think he, well, I, I think that's where we left him, actually. In, in in a feast for crows because then they do the time jump back for a dance with dragons and I don't think we really see I can't remember where Jamie ends up yeah he was doing some manipulating at the Riverlands with like he so basically had the Riverlands surrounded with like a I think blackfish or whatever and some okay. some weird stuff was going on but he chooses not to answer Cersei's right plea for him yeah. so he made a very different decision on the books than he was making on the show. But the news of what, uh, and Marjorie, or, uh, yeah, not Marjorie, uh, Marcella doesn't get killed in the books. 
But she gets her ear like cut yeah, or something. maimed in an assassination attempt from the Sand Snakes. And then doesn't she get sent back to King's Landing by Prince Doran once he gets wind of the Sand Snakes' antics? Does she no, well, let's see. Or, yeah, or maybe some people show up to kind of like, where's Marcella? We need to kind of check on her and see what her condition is. Oh, was it the one knight of the Kingsguard who sort of was seduced by a sand snake and then... Yes. Does he make off with Marcella? Uh, he gets killed. Okay. Um, so, no. Yeah. This is where Katie's, like, freaking out. <laughs> right, like exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So we don't, we don't deserve it. Alright, so that was the that was the small council meeting and then we see Theon again. Theon going home again, that's always a good idea, buddy. <laughs> Just keep going back there. Smart. Two and here's uh, Katie's comment from last week, which I don't know that I heard before, but the land where they figured out how to build a castle on a narrow strip of rock, but all they can do is tie a rope bridge to it. <laughs> <laughs> the land of the, the marvels of engineering. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> where engineering technology is confined to the rope bridge. Well, I think I think it was a conscious choice <laughs> that uh, you know that to, to demonstrate they don't have a fear of the sea, kind of a thing. Mm. That's smart. Yeah, yeah <laughs> nobody ever accused the Greyjoys of being smart. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we? All we had there really was uh, Yara like, to set up the king's mood for next week. Yeah. So it kind of gives Theon uh, <laughs> the you know second degree for yeah. like. I, I damn! I tried to come say they, they sent me your penis in a box. <laughs> that's why I came to get you, and then you didn't want to come. Some good men died. So that whole bit was just kind of shoehorned in for the show because she had no, no affection or loyalty <laughs> to Theon when the characters met early on. She totally manipulates him, and she's not l- looking for him to succeed. So for her to be so bent out of shape and go back for him, because, you know, he's I didn't quite buy that, so I bet had to be kind of shoehorned in. And now she's right back to having nothing but disgust for him. But now he wants to help her be... I don't know if it was disgust. I think I think she was suspicious of his return on the eve of the king's mood. Yeah. Which is yeah, kind of a weird response. Yeah, but I mean, her, her knowing exactly where he's coming from, for her to be feel threatened by his potential bid... Yeah, she was... Oh, I don't think has, she was threatened. I think she was... Matt just mad about it. Well, I guess it was a way for them to, like you say, sort of shoehorn in the the gravity of, of what the king's mood is and, and how she right. is going to have to make this pitch. That's just sort of setting up the idea for next week that she's going to mm-hmm. have to, you know, be a candidate and, and somehow sway everyone into letting the first female leader take you don't, over. You don't get to fuck up as an ironborn. More than any other house or family... Once you do anything and are unsuccessful, they are just like, fuck off. Which like, is why not one of us. Which is why Theon would never have a chance. Right. Because he's basically been a hostage his whole life. But maybe they can play it off like nobody else really knows the extent to which he was broken down, except for her. So if she sort of coaches him into 
playing the role of his former haughty self. Did that, ins- that inspire mm. any sympathy? God, I mean, maybe because maybe because she's a woman, she can't understand what having your dick cut off would be like, or maybe she's just mad that he's weak. But she knows what it's like not to have a dick. <laughs> That's true. But man, I I've been feeling that- sympathy for Theon for a long, long time on the show. I have, or have I? I have, no, and I to see someone not, you know, someone family not feel the same way is kind of meh. <laughs> see, I, but I did. I didn't. I guess I didn't buy the sympathy out of her, or not not sympathy. Maybe it's. I guess I had she to did see make it as, in, in the books. She did make one sort of sympathetic gesture towards Theon. So when, when she, it was so, so you know they were sent to go reaving in the in the north. Mm-hmm. And then Theon concocts this plan. He's like, you know what? I bet I could take Winterfell. And he a does with a few men. Right. And she goes and takes Deepwood Mott or something nearby. Yeah. And 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 so he's holding on to Winterfell by a thread. He's just got you know a handful of men. And he's like, he makes a plea to her. It's like you know, send me some more men, and we can make a go of this. We can we can rule the North. And she's like, no no no, that's not what we're about. We can just go reaving. We take what we want, and then we go. We return. He's like, no, 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 I want to make a go of it. And so she comes, meets with him, and says, you're an idiot. This is a stupid <laughs> idea. Come come with me now, and I'll help cover for you or whatever. And he says, no, no, I'm the fucking Lord of Winterfell. <laughs> and she, what could go wrong? Yeah, so, so she, she's like, Theon, you're fucking up. Come on, let's go. And I think that's the last scene they have together. Yeah. So I mean, she she's like, come, she's yeah, like, extending, she's trying to, she's trying to talk him she, out. She of tells him why he's stupid because holding a keep takes some, so many resources, and how is he going to hold it? And that's not the plan. Yeah, I remember. Right. Hmm. Well, maybe he should have listened listen to his sister. Done anything differently? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then, uh, ugh, and then we get. The Ramsey and Osha scene. Uh, Who's gonna uh, fucking kill Ramsey? And I really liked Osha as a character. She's great in the show. Character was pretty throwaway in the books. I don't remember there being too much personality to her, but in the Osha was television show. She really thought Osha had a lot of a lot of character. I thought. I mean, she was, you know, uh, she was cool. Yeah. Uh, did not want to see her go down, though. I suppose we were due a death this week. She was. A, <laughs> yeah. She was our first insight into the mindset of a wildling, and 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 you know, even in her servitude to the Starks pre Theon conquest, she uh, you know shared her wisdom, and she sort of grudgingly liked the Starks, and and she helps. You know, she takes care of Rickon. I think you know it's kind of like it's safe to send our little brother off with this crazy wildling chick. <laughs> we know that she'll fiercely protect him. Oh, when you say it that way. <laughs> I like how Ramsey's like, well, you, know, you know you know what our house symbol is? Like, I don't even know. No, Flayed Man. It's like, do you, do you eat him after? He's like... <laughs> pretty pretty good line. She's like, doesn't really scare me that much. Then. <laughs> right. Well, I thought at that moment he's loves like... That. He turns around and he's like, big smile. And... I thought that she was going to win him over. Like, oh, right, I've, I've got a new twisted girlfriend character. Yeah, right. A new Miranda. Right, right. And I truly believed 
that we'd seen the worst out of Ramsey. Like, he wouldn't have any more opportunities to do anything despicable that had an impact, and I was wrong. Yeah, totally wrong. Yeah, every and, episode and Somehow I didn't, I didn't see it coming. I didn't see that death coming. I thought... I was like, so oh, was she going to get him? Was she going to get him? I thought he'd stop her. but I thought he'd stop her, but still like her moxie. Right. And, right. and you know, keep her around. He did. He, he did stop her and like her moxie, but he also killed her. It's <laughs> <laughs> so quick. Well, yeah. the dogs are hungry. Yeah. What a, I mean, what a bummer to be that actress and be in what seems like a somewhat pivotal role and then have to take four seasons off and then be invited back just to be killed back in one episode. <laughs> yeah. They probably filmed, yeah, the stuff from last episode, like, one one session. It's like, oh, all right, we showed up. We took this it was, bag off your head, and then, oh, let's go to the next scene. It was probably the, right now. the absolutely... <laughs> let's get you out of here. <laughs> we, don't have to, we don't have to pay yet. But it was the absolutely most effective way to, let me, to get her character off the show. She came back. They didn't need her, so killing her suddenly... In five minutes is probably sufficient, yeah. And it also gets to reinforce Ramsey's fucking... Well, I guess so crazy. the showrunners yeah. must have just said, you know, there's no roadmap for what is going to happen with Osha and Rickon. Uh, so let's just use them like this just to move things forward. Yeah. Uh, it's because they got to start wrapping up some, some yeah. of these loose ends. It's safe to assume that more cool, interesting stuff will happen with those characters in the books. But that's probably the kind of stuff that would have gotten cut anyway in, yeah. in the adaptation. So, agreed. So we have the dispatching of OSHA, breaking in prison. I guess that was really that was it for that scene, wasn't it? I heard a yeah. I heard an internet theory. I don't know. Should I? You heard it? it it'll be spoilery if it's we, true. Uh, but I think we are fine with that at this point, aren't we? I'm fine with it. Someone it's speculation. Yeah, it's not really it's, the it's speculation that's done. That it's not real. That that wasn't Shaggy Dog. Huh? I feel like they would know the difference. Who? Who? Anybody that they would know that anyone in the North would know the difference between a dire wolf and a regular wolf. This one could have been a dire. Did wolf. did they did they drop the wolf head in front of Rickon? No, like on a table. Well, it's not yeah. like he would he would say anything if it wasn't the right. Right. So what's the he would be in on this speculation? Why? Why do they think Shaggy Dog is still? Alive? I mean, it's nice to think. I, it occurred to me actually that maybe Shaggy Dog is still out there. But I mean, if if you're capturing that that was they, they said this is our proof that this is Rick and Stark. Right. Duh. Look, he had a direwolf with him. So is part of the speculation that Umber's going to pull a little double cross on um, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But I think with the death of Osha, that proves that he was an engineering right. any sort of double hmm. yeah, that cross. Has no second All right, what's the next one? All right, so we're towards the end then. And then we're back to the wall for one last scene. Dinner scene? The dinner. <laughs> the, yes, the, the meaty dinner scene. Tormund makes some. Uh, oh yes, yeah. Making eyes at Brienne. Tormund and Brienne. Now. Yeah, some loaded that's glances. That's gonna happen. And Brienne, I think it will. Happen. It'll happen. It's the first time Brienne has seemed refined, kind of <laughs> ultra refined in the show <laughs> compared to <laughs> compared to people she's around. Yeah, yeah. these she's like disgusting assholes. <laughs> <laughs> right. She would get that from Brienne as soon as she rides into Castle Black. She's oh, looking around like. Oh my god, there's all these people. And Sansa's like, the food's fine. Or, you know, it's, it's cool. There's more important things. I would, I would 
not mindlessly dedicated like a major chunk of the next few episodes to the blooming romance between Tormund and Brienne. It could be a spinoff. Are they they gonna are they gonna melee like just for practice? I think they'll just both admire each other's battle prowess against the Boltons. Maybe so. And then fall fall off into a pile of hay <laughs> as the battle rages on. <laughs> they'll fall off into a pile of bleeding Bolton corpses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah, that's definitely so, so. What do we think about the, I, I, the at letter? least until one one gets a look at her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one one like <laughs> one one make you this two two. Yes. <laughs> Is one one actually the name of the giant? Yeah, the book, or is that like a Harry no, Potter it is. giant name? Like it's, it's the name in the book. Okay, good. One one. But uh, yeah. So they're sitting at dinner, and the Bolton guy rides up and oh, leaves, yes. a, leaves a leaves a message where Ramsey's pretty much what just taunting, like, "Hey bastard, I'm gonna gonna rape your sister, and yeah. kill your wolf. I'm gonna take your eyes out with a spoon." <laughs> See, feed you to my dogs. Well, I thought it was great, uh, you know, like when Sansa first makes the plea to John, like, what about all those wildlings you have? Let's go back and take Winterfell. He's like, they don't follow me. But, then, but the way so that... I'm sitting there just waiting for him to give the word. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whenever they're in a scene together, Tormund's just, like, loving on Jon Snow. He's like, let's go, boss. Make up your mind. Let's go kill something. But the fact that Bolton basically says, I'm going to come up and kill all your wildlings, that just, like... Oh, yeah. That's a done deal. It's obvious. Uh, if Tormund would have been inclined to say, we serve, we don't, no one. Yeah. It'll be like... What do you think of Sansa's uh, idea that the Northern Bannermen would rally behind Jon Snow at this point? I like that idea, except I think the logistics of what are they going to do, take do, do take a couple weeks off to tour around and rally the troops and convince everyone to follow them. Like some Ravens. Well, wait they a minute. Send ravens. Look, they could send ravens and just say, "Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna hit Winterfell." I mean, really, I mean, they're found on Sansa. It's <laughs> not just Jon Snow. Well, speaking of logistics, where where were Sa- where was Sansa and Brienne and Pod? Or wait a minute, where, where were they last episode? What they just escaped and they well, how yeah. far from the wall were they? Well, who knows. Nobody knows. Not far enough that Theon couldn't get all the way back to Pike. Well, b- yeah, and also, they just... I, I can't. I don't know how they possibly arrived at the wall before John had decided to leave, or before anything else had happened up there. Well, it seemed a like... Fussy packer. <laughs> he must be. It seemed like they were across the way, and then the next episode... You know, yeah, because it, it seems like John... Nothing has happened at the wall. I mean, which leather jerkin to wear... In the books, it doesn't take that long to get from Winterfell to the Wall. I mean, it's it's meant to be a journey, but in terms of the show and the book, it was kind of. I mean, in one in one chapter, Jon Snow agrees to take the black because his it's inconvenient for him to be at Winterfell anymore. And then his next chapter, he's arriving at the wall. Right. Yeah. You're right. But I guess that they set us up. Since <laughs> Quick question in Westeros. <laughs> since last episode, it seemed like John was walking out the fucking door 
that we were surprised to even see him still at the wall right. this episode. Like, oh, okay, I guess he didn't leave. Like, Ed had his sword. And, he was still packing. Like, what, he, he gave his sword to Ed? And, like, oh, he's no, still no. here? He's, yeah, like he, he's, he walks... He's a jerk. He walks towards the <laughs> gate. <laughs> That's all I need, too. Yeah. Yeah. And this lamp. <laughs> and, and this Valerian steel. Yeah, I thought he was just walking out the front door. Like, yeah. He so, was walking towards the door, and then he's like... Well, I'll put all my stuff. Wait, my stuff. stuff. <laughs> but he did change out of the black, though. At least. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's true. He's too take late. my black. Dusty gray. <laughs> I don't know what he changed into. I don't know why they had... It's just why they didn't have anything non-black up at the wall. <laughs> so is that it for the wall scene? How many more do we have? There? That's okay. it. Then we're okay. back, no, no, no. We're we're back, we're back to uh, yeah. the uh, Dothraki's... Oh, and the big moments. The big moment. I liked it. And, you know, Danny is so hot when she's got that, I'm going to fucking kill you, you assholes. <laughs> yeah, she, she does it, she she does it well. She's crazy and about to kill people. Very attractive. <laughs> so, yeah, what? So they invite her in for her little kind of trial. It was a little Save. convenient that she could just knock the... Oh. Completely convenient that they happen to be in a big wooden I would building. like to see a, a, a scene of her and her little new girlfriend buddy, like at least spreading lamp oil around. Yeah, the room or that, that would help. But, ah, uh, well, you just have to completely but overlook that. I've, I've often wondered about the nature of her fire imperviousness. Like I, apparently I, pretty complete. I thought it was just a function of the witch's magic in the moment oh. that somehow the spell that was cast lent right. her some ability to survive the flame. But it just means she's fucking fireproof all the time. That she's a supernatural being, right? Apart from just her kinship with these dragons, and that she made this bargain with the devil to give them life. Above and beyond that. She is. She has a fucking genuine superpower. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Well, it's yeah. not like she's impervious though, only to flame. Impervious but, to flame. That's, a, is a, that's superpower. a good. That's a good yeah. one, man. Yeah. I, I was just, you know, yeah. uh, or maybe only it's when not she's not like she can't be killed. She's been. She still bleeds. I mean, she gets pushed around. A lot. Her, hair, her hair's fireproof too. Yeah. Her hair shouldn't be fireproof. No. Right. It wasn't it, in the it books. It wasn't in the books. It right. Off. Right. right. But it would be inconvenient for her to be bald for oh, the rest yeah. of the yeah. show. I was waiting for a beam to fall from the ceiling of the burning building and kill her. Miscalculation. If that happens, it's better than followed with. But uh, this is her fifth impassioned, super impressive, amazing episode-ending speech. Like this is her jam. Given these big, you know, bra- uh, breaking the wheel, like um, the speech similar with the fire from before. You know, the one with the, the house of undying. Right. She just <clears throat> this is her thing. She gets fired up and she impresses you, and then the show's over. But it's somehow like she she becomes attuned to her fate in these moments. Yeah. Where I mean, like. Things. So, are we buying that the whole Dothraki herd <laughs> is going to follow her? Because well, all of that, all, of, all of the cows just died. That was a tough sell. Everyone, every, everyone in that scene was the leader of his own Kalasar. So, and when she, I mean, it, I get that. It's an impressive thing to walk out of the flames like that. It was, but it's not. I mean, the a person who survives flame isn't like inherently a part of their. 
It wasn't depicted well in our But it's a whole, spiritual it's a holy place view. that they're in. And she they're, should have and been consumed. She should have been consumed by the kind of See, like I, phoenix. I believed it the first time because the people that were following her then were just like the remnants of the old, you know, like, the, the broken, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of slaves and whatever. I mean, what the hell else are they going to do? Oh, okay, her. But, but the whole, I feel like if that happened, the the rest of the Dothraki warriors would just start. Right. But but the Dothraki um, basically favor strength, and you become a cow by killing the other cow. But that's their religion. And she just killed all the cows in one fell supernatural swoop. That's true. In that moment, they're going to be impressed, especially if the wisdom of the Doshkalin, which is like you know whatever the only sort of seers or whatever that they follow, uh, are also all bowing down before her. We, we just have to write some of it off and accept it for what it is, right? Because if it were scripted a little differently or shot a little bit differently, it would have been way more powerful that we just have to act like it was in this case. Because that's the spirit of the scene and the show. And it's, it's going to generate some some real endgame momentum. It's true. On the positive side, she, yeah. has a, she now has an army of tough rankings. Right, right. There's something. There'll be a Westeros next get him week. On, get them on the right. Get them on, on the boats. <laughs> is she? But but I mean, so what? What of Marine though? I mean, so if, if she wants to carry her new Dothraki momentum, right, does she break? Does she lead them all back to Marine and then take uh, the city of Astapor up on their offer of boats and board the wooden horses and head across from there? Maybe that's why it was brought up. Maybe that's why it was brought up. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. I, I was sure I, that... Uh, Are we would... completely off book now? With this? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. totally all the way off. No, the king's moot. No, no, I mean, for the, just for the... For this episode? No, for the Danny stuff. Oh, yeah. The Danny, the Danny stuff. I could see yeah. the book going this way with the Danny stuff. Well, I mean, the books that are already out. Were... I mean, the, the, the books did have her fly off on Drogon's back and get yeah. deposited up right. in Dothraki territory. Yeah, okay. that's her last chapter. Yeah, right, right. So that that okay. that could all easily play out. But we, yeah, we haven't seen what happened to her after that. She was just sort of it wandering seemed, around wherever Drogon. It seems her. like a good logical way for that to happen, though. But I was sure that it would be a Drogon reappearance that would have engineered her escape. Yeah. But I guess. I, I, I appreciate the fact they came up with something different. I think the only plot lines that are still being derived from existing source material are the uh, Arya plot line. Yeah. She says pretty much. That she hasn't done anything that's beyond what happened in the books. And then the uh, Sam Greyjoys. Oh, the Greyjoy. That's right. The, there's a lot of Kingsmood story. Right. And Sam, too. So they could Sam. introduce... Oh, and Sam, yeah. Euron and, and whatever his part to play in the endgame is going to be. Mm-hmm. The great... I mean, the, the fact that they circled back around to bring the Greyjoys back in the picture makes me think that that's a big piece of it. Which, again... <clears throat> and they need to introduce Victorian if they're going to... I think they've made an amalgam of Victarion and Euron. Oh, you think? Probably. I think so. Or I think they basically wrote off Victarion that he wasn't even a character. I mean, he's not going to show up next week and be like, oh, oh, I heard there was a King's Moot going on. Because Victarion was, uh, like, Balon's admiral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he felt, when Balon died, that he was the 
the obvious choice to take over. But Asha, Yara on the show, makes a big play because she's got support and she's a, an accomplished, she's a favorite reaver and she, uh, is, yeah, she's got, and she's, I mean, she's not a male, but she's the daughter of the she, she's, yeah, she's exactly. Yeah. She thought she at least had a chance. So both Victoria, Victorian and, uh, Asha both are kind of the, the two main contenders that people are going to throw their support behind before Euron comes sailing back in. And he was the black sheep who just disappeared. He was exiled, practically. But he comes in and he says, Hey, you fuckers, check out my dragon horn. <laughs> and he <laughs> wins. badass horn. What do you got? So I think that's going to happen on the show. Yeah. I think that guy's going to do that. And I think that's going to be... Didn't we just say two episodes ago that that's definitely not going to happen? I think we did. I think they're going to go there. I don't know. I think I think they're going to. You know, I think Yara's going to do a thing with Theon, and and it'll be like like they're going to go with her, and then the other guy shows up, and and they're all they're all going to flip out. (laughs) We'll find out. Yeah, find out. Alright, that was pretty good. By the numbers. Yeah, by the numbers. Chronological. Next week.